Hey, how's it going? It's going good. How are you doing? Good. Been on the phone for four hours straight, so I'm mildly toasted. How are the eardrums? Is that like all with like ear pods in, or is yeah, that the like- whole time? Mm-hmm. It does. I feel like I'm going to get baggy ear holes. <laughs> <laughs> that is an album name waiting to happen, <laughs> or a band name. Yeah. Welcome the baggy ear holes. Uh, we are That's the baggy gross. ear holes. So okay, I've got a I've got a super trippy one for you that. I probably have zero interesting to add, but it raises such a cool series of questions that I thought you'd dig. So it basically, basically it's uh, perception. So human sensory perception. And I listened to a whole bunch of podcasts where this guy named Donald Hoffman came on. He's like a cognitive scientist or something. Um, and he claims that he's come up with mathematical models that, that can prove certain things about perception and, and that evolution wouldn't evolution. There's a 0% chance that evolution would reward, um, accurate representation of reality in our senses. It would, it would never represent that. It's highly, much more likely that it would, uh, sorry, reward, it would reward, um, usefulness sort of survival version of of perception right so let me let me set the context this is super weird um you know you've got this brain inside of a completely closed box it's inside of the skull it can't see anything it can't hear anything it can't smell anything so over time things develop the way evolution does and it creates these receptors let's just focus on the eyes for a minute no pun intended and the, the receptors themselves, the, the sensors, uh, aren't that much of your brain acti- uh, a space footprint, right? The, it's like whatever, the retina, the mechanics of the eyeball, and then it goes to the brain. But then there's this giant area of the brain for image processing. And, uh, and he, so, so he's got a bunch of tacit assumptions and in fact, talks about the nature of tacit assumptions in science, which is worth mentioning. So every scientific theory has a place where magic happens, where there's an axiom or there's something unprovable that you just bring to the table as your base objective reality or your base assumption. And it's unprovable, right? And t- until maybe later, it's unpro- it's provable and you get a better theory on down the road when someone, you know, you know, like Isaac Newton, he made certain assumptions like these truths that he was saying about, say, gravity, for example... Um, he asserted that they were just true everywhere. It was like the physics of the universe, gravity's like this. It turns out that's not, there's a better theory, more useful theory, where gravity actually changes at different speeds and different scales. So, okay, that's pretty interesting. It's a useful theory. It's still pretty useful for, for day-to-day people that don't live in microspace. Um, so if you, if you assume, if you, if you agree that all scientific theories at some point are going to have base assumption, a thing where you just, the hand waves and magic happens. And this is, this part's just true. Um, he, he, he brings up this really interesting clash of assumptions where if you assume, so like right now, he's like a a base assumption is that space time is a given. And his base assumption is, is that space time is not a given. Space-time is an emergent property of our senses. It doesn't, air quotes, actually exist in the way that we experience it. And that the base 
truth, the, the Big Bang of his universe, his base assumption is that the Big Bang is consciousness is first, consciousness exists, and the the I'm gonna I'm gonna go so far as to say the illusion of what are representations of physical objects are just that. It's like it's like an extremely useful survival mechanism, but barely represents what this glass of water is. Like and so I'm like, all right, you got my attention. I'm paying attention to this. And then he says, and, and then he starts saying it, like, if you start with that assumption, so instead of, so if you've got a different base assumption, it can change a lot of things, like everything. And one of, so look, one of the things he talks about, he tries really hard to explain this is really hard to get your head around because your brain has evolved. If he's correct, your brain has evolved to not see this, to literally not see reality in a more accurate way to see it in a less accurate way that's more useful to your survival which that makes sense right like your your organs would naturally evolve to be more useful to your survival that seems if you believe in evolution if you believe that that's the best theory then that seems like a reasonable conclusion unless right. you disagree no i'm fo- I'm, fo- I'm definitely following Keep okay going. yeah so so now think of it like this so think of think of a phrase like seeing is believing Right. And and how true and objectively real we take the information that we get from our eyes. It's objectively real. Everyone's seeing the glass of water. Right? And everyone can sit around and look at each other and say, Yeah, we all see this glass of water. It's it's half full. No, it's half empty. <laughs> we can at least agree that this it's <laughs> there's a certain volume of water in it. And if you imagine like the Isaac Newton thing, where Isaac Newton's stuff all the all the mathematics worked in a extremely small, uh, extremely small, but globally, not universally, globally shared experience. So the globally in in the globally shared experience of human beings, Newton's physics is fine. It's perfect. There's no problem with it. It doesn't need to be more advanced. But if you zoom out and you are sending people into space at high speeds, all of a sudden, New physics becomes important. And how does this tie back to the glass of water? The, the glass of water to, let's just start here. To most humans in general, they're going to say, yeah, it's a glass of water. Like, what is it? It's a glass of water. They might say it in a different language, but we all believe that we're roughly seeing the same thing. And, and that it's real, that it's true, that it's accurate, that it's, right, the, that it's the whole picture. That if, if, um, if there wasn't a human in the woods, the tree the, the tree would make a sound when it fell, right? Like there is a glass of water there, whether humanity is is gone or not. Okay, so that actually comes up, right? So so the the if the tree falls in the woods and no one's there to hear it, would it make a sound? Technically, the answer is no. If if it would make air vibrations, but that's not a sound. A right, sound is an ear hearing something. No, that that makes produced sense. in the brain. Yeah, now, I do appreciate that. But in the in the glass example, I guess I was saying that I felt like you were getting at, you know, our status quo understanding is that there is a glass of water there, whether there's a human there to see it or not. Precisely. And his point is there's not. Right. So he's like, he's like the glass of water that you that, that I see, I, I almost don't even want to say you see the glass of water I see is just the representation in my brain. So it's a it's almost a semantic distinction, but it's pretty important where where there's a that he would agree and i agree that there's something there because 
independent observers or even the dog could bump into it. Like there's something there. Well, but, but I think the path that you're heading down means that it might not be there, that it, it could, might, it might not be there. Like the, it is, I, I don't mean to like interject cause I think you're still yeah, laying it out. But I like, am right. It, it's, it's, um, if, Vision is like an easier one because <clears throat> you can take yourself away from it, but touching something makes it feel almost even more outlandish than the glass mm-hmm. isn't actually there, right? Because I'm touching the dang thing, but my right. senses are there to interpret some some data points. So the complexity of what there's there's some reality behind. From what you're saying, it sounds like there's a reality behind the glass. The glass is a uh, like a graphic user user interface almost. Exactly. For me to interact with, because otherwise I'd use so much brain power to digest the full scope of the reality before me. Blow your mind. That blow your mind apart. I wouldn't have mm-hmm. enough energy to to continue to pass my genes along, you know. Mm-hmm. And so, all right. So same page. So yeah. Keep going. So same page. Right. So let's not even get to the whether or not it's really there or what it is. Right. But but. I like, yeah, he uses that sort of desktop icon. He's like, I could be working on my novel and it's in a a blue folder on my desktop, but I don't imagine that the folder, that the file is blue inside the computer and the storage mechanism of the computer. It doesn't look like the representation that's on the desktop. So if the, if the, so something, so, so taking baby steps, I had LASIK done in like, I don't know, I don't know what year it was. 2003 ish, four ish. And my vision changed literally in 10 minutes. So like I, my sight was one way and then I woke up and my sight was a different way. Most people can't, don't have that comparison. So I can personally, I can express the experience of having my vision change and my reality changed because of it. Because since I didn't have to know that I was nearsighted, I could read like a book three inches from my face. Now I can't but I can see, you know, a sign, a, a street sign from, you know, a quarter mile away. I can read it. Right. So my, my vision switched from nearsighted to farsighted and the contrast also changed. But aren't so, there two, two levels here? I feel like you're on the ground floor of what he's saying, but the bulk of what his argument is, is like on, on the, in the penthouse. Cause yes, I'm slowly. Yeah. Cause he's, cause what you're articulating is like, differences in our sensory intake so you see the videos of the colorblind dads who or the children that get color corrective glasses mm-hmm. and they just burst into tears because now yes. they're, they that kind of thing and exactly which is and and then and just you know is the dress blue is it yellow like those mm-hmm. kinds of differences yep uh or you know a shark can sense electricity but humans can't um you know, bumblebees can perceive different wavelengths of, of light than, mm-hmm. than humans can. Like there's, this is the sense that like there's, there are, there, there are inputs in the, in our environment for which mm-hmm. we do not have a receptor and our receptors are, are different mm-hmm. among, you know, our, the, the, there are differences in our individual receptors that are the, the same receptors. And then, but then I was like kind of struck by what you said at the top where like, all right, well, the input mechanism in the brain for taking in a sensory item is, is whatever it is. But you were saying that the processing unit is large. So like, is that basically akin to 
you know, I'm, I'm looking at the matrix. I couldn't possibly fathom all these green numbers that are <laughs> flashing through the screen, but my processing unit is turning into something that I can work with. Yes. All yes. Right. right. And so, so that I think the, one of the important distinctions for me from this is that you're not, uh, is the, is the unbelievable level of subjectivity in your conscious experience, just unbelievable because so much of the experience is roughly shared or sh shared so closely or usefully enough that, that it can create this illusion that what we all agree is sitting on the desk is what's really there. Right. So that's it, what I was getting at. So, so talk more about like that, that discussion about it, rather than the, the in individual variances, talk about what it, how does he get to a point where he feels like he's looked behind a curtain because mm -hmm. he's limited by his senses. He's limited right. by his, his processing unit. Mm -hmm. So how do you pierce the veil? Right. His answer to that, which I don't begin to understand, but his answer to that is that, you know, he's not interested in philosophy. He's not interested in religion. He's interested in proof and in particular mathematical proof. And this is, there's, he's, and he's got a couple, he's got a, a real leap of faith here that he doesn't explain on any interview I've heard yet, which is, is that he has, you know, a, a bunch of really smart cutting edge data scientists who have created mathematical models that pierce the veil. And the way that, and that sounds like total BS, but that's exactly what Einstein did. So if you come up with a, with a model that is predictive over future events, it proves that the model is pretty good or it's useful. Well, that's what's scary about what, what you're saying, because that, uh, what something that's nagged at me is that, you know, I, I don't, I don't speak French fluently, but worse, I don't speak physics fluently. Like mm -hmm. there's just a universe out there that is, uh, inconceivable to me because I don't have the math language to be able to understand what, I mean, how many people have that math understanding? Is it 1 million people on the planet? You don't is need it, it though. No, you don't it, need it. Well, somebody needs to have it, right? Someone to, needs to, to right. be able to get there. But if you wanted to, to be able to, to understand like what he's talking about it without it being a bunch of hand waving and just trust me kind of stuff. Mm. But I think what you're going to say is like, well, he can put himself in a hand waving position all day long as long as it becomes predictive. Exactly. Right. Right. So like you don't need to understand how to make the aspirin. It still works when you take it. Yeah. So, right. So, so he's, you know, he's onto something. He know he feels like he's onto something. And the 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 trail that he's following, he he had to he wanted to come up with ways that he could mathematically prove this stuff because he's like, I'm not a I'm not Alan Watts, like I'm not a philosopher. I don't I have no patience for any of that. He's like, I want to be able to reproducible results that are gonna be predictive about future events or or positions in the universe or whatever. So so that's a fascinating place to go. And I don't even I can't even go all the way to his, his ultimate point is borderline bonkers, but it's no more bonkers than saying that like approaching the speed of light causes clocks to go slower. Like, right. Like and this, and the, the whole speed of light thing, I, that does not sit right with me. It, well, I think, right. Yeah. I'm about to go on a huge tangent about no, no, like, keep, there's no constant in the universe, but well, all of, yeah. I mean, I think if, if, uh, if space time is, you know, a, a symptom rather than a, a, a condition, then, mm -hmm. 
then you start going down the rabbit hole where people feel like time is an illusion. And, yeah, he says that, right? And, and there where, is no spoon. <laughs> right. right, it's been happening all at once, you know, and right. that sort of stuff, or like, or there, or the, or this idea that for everyone that sees a, a glass on the table, that's how many glasses there are, and, right? And in, therefore, in like infinite the, universes, right? Right, but like. But that doesn't sit well with my intuition either, because it's like, all right, well, there's multiple perceptions of a universe. Like, I don't know how to make the leap into, you know, there's. Yeah, I don't even want to go that far. I think I think there's a lot of utility in just recognizing that if, if I say, you know, picture picture the first tree you climbed as a kid to 10 people. Everyone's picturing a tree, but no one's picturing the same tree. So there is a different tree in everyone's head. Right. And it, and the tree that I experienced is not the one I'm thinking of now. Right. You're not, your memory's not perfect. Right. So right. it's filtered through all of these like years of experience and like dementia in your case. So the, nice. <laughs> I tried to time that perfectly. Well so the, so, okay. So now if you imagine this, this blew my mind. All right. So I, I looked up, I'm like, God damn it. What the hell is light? And I know I, it, my understanding is there's not a great definition of light, but in the physics sense, the definition that was the closest to what I was looking for was, cause there are a lot of different ones, um, like metaphorical ones and, and so forth. But, but the one that I was most looking for is it's the, check this out, the visible band of electromagnetic radiation. That's it. So now think about how insane that is. The word light speed of light is the visible to whom humans. It's like, it doesn't even say humans in the definition. It's just right. implied. It's not the same visible band to bees or to bats or to right. anything else so it's all wait well, hold on i'm about to make i'm about to like make my big point and then i'll shut up yeah so light is something like i can't remember the measurement unit but it's like it's like it's not micrometers but it's like millowaves millowavelengths or something it's something like 300 millowavelengths of the of the known electromagnetic spectrum that teeny sliver of electromagnetic mag magnetic radiation that can be picked up by our eyes is called light. And all of these theories about light are based on this teeny weeny sliver of electromagnetic, electromagnetic radiation. So imagine for a second, if you could sense, let's just say you could see all of the electromagnetic radiation that was going on around us right now. You could see radio waves, you could see, uh, uh, infrared way into the infrared spectrum way into the what's the other end infrared and super no anyway if you could see all of the electromagnetic radiation your yeah. head would explode right and see like see a radio wave if like, you could not see just, radio waves well and 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 that you wouldn't be able to walk around and that prompted some activity in your visual cortex it would prompt some images and then so we hear them so, right? so the and theory that, is, yeah, that does some things. Well, we don't hear them. The radio waves? No, no. The radio picks them up and converts them into sound wave or into air vibrations. Oh, all right. That your ear can sense. Right. Okay. That makes sense. Right. Imagine if you could hear them. You'd well, go insane. You'd right. be, maybe someone can. Maybe that's what hearing voices is. Right. <laughs> it's like, oh, I could just pick up radio in my fillings. And then a whole chapter of the DSM-5 was 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 erased. <laughs> oh my god. So I 
one one note though i i'm not sure that the it's the visible spectrum like is light maybe a shorthand for for the breadth of the spectrum i don't think so i, I mean i could totally be wrong but like I'll, does I'll infrared stand does here and claim infrared goes slower than the visible spectrum or it's faster my understanding is it's a different wavelength so so you can have wavelengths uh, I'm really, I did look this up sort of recently, but not that recently. So I think it, it was something be. like you can have a wavelength electromagnetic. Oh no, it wasn't light. It was electromagnetic waves can have a, a I think it's called a period from peak to peak. That's like on the order of, of meters, you know, like shortwave radio, I think is, is, or that, would that be, doesn't make sense. That would be long wave radio anyway. So you can have like really big waves that have different properties. Like they go through walls very easily, but they don't. Uh, but they don't carry as far or they'll also bounce crazy. off the, the, they'll bounce <laughs> off the cloud cover and then they can go all the way around the world because they bounce off the clouds and come back down or the atmosphere, I should say. So, so you can have like global radio wait or, or waves. I'm not sure. I think it's radio waves, but anyway, you can have other ones that are so insanely small that I imagine that would be what a, a like a laser is where it's so small that it, it, it like will cut through stuff. It well, like goes let's... through stuff. So let's take it as as an assumption, though, that you're, to your your point, like, um, like there's one constant in the universe. It's light, and it happens to be the thing we can see. That's what you're getting at. Like that seems hmm, kind of seems random. kind of far fetched, <laughs> don't you think? It just so happens to be the thing we can see. What a coincidence! The, but the main thing to me is like, is but I, I, I talk, but just yeah, to jump ahead. in though, I think that yeah. does put us in the category of like. Um, you know, uh, promise uh, oath keepers and proud boys and, you know, where we don't know a dang thing about the topic that we're talking about, but then we like throw out these conspiracy theories about, about the inaccuracy of, of what real experts are talking about. Like, I agree mm-hmm. with you. It does, I, I have the same emotional reaction to what you're saying. Like that seems crazy, but I feel like we should have like a little bit more oomph to what you're getting at before we would like start, saying there's yeah, a whole I, no, group I, of experts that are like barking up the wrong tree. Well, okay. Well, look at it, look at it like this. And I agree with that, but my standard of my standard of proof, like I'm not saying this is all true. I mean, some of it I think is tough to argue and w- scientists would agree. Like even Newtonian, probably scientists would agree. Like I'm not seeing, I'm certainly not seeing everything that this, whatever's sitting on my desk I'm not seeing every wavelength of electromagnetism that is bouncing off of it. I'm definitely not. If you were colorblind, you definitely wouldn't be, right? So so there's definitely things you're not seeing. And like to me, that alone, like if you take that alone and 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 then think about seeing is believing and the truth that the human mind will take from seeing something and just that's final. That's real. Right. It's the different it's like where is the it's not, it's like if you shifted the the power is the wrong word but if you shift the source of truth um like i i i whenever this would come up in in um in for me it would be like there were two kind of two ends of the spectrum that this could bop in between it's either like there's an objective reality and i'm either seeing it or not or it's like all a function of uh of the processing, right? And and what's your intuition, right? I mean, is your intuition that there is an objective reality and it it exists? What he's doing is inserting a third category, which is saying 
I don't even what he's saying in terms of an objective reality, but he's, it seems like what you're saying is there is an objective reality. It's too complex for humans to uh, f- efficiently function with. So they've created a, an external, uh, it's not an external reality. It's an, it's a, it's an internal reality. reality. Right. It's a subjective reality within, um, within our own processing, within our own Mm -hmm. uh, conception. Right. But is he saying that there's an objective reality, do you know, as well? He, he agrees. So this is why I like listening to him on Harris because I knew Harris wouldn't let him off the hook on anything. And not that I, I, you know, Harris can be a lot to take at times, but I knew he wouldn't let him off the hook and they did some, some sparring and, and, and Hoffman was forced to concede that his language, his sort of pop culture language for describing this, um, is actually slightly misleading. So people who are really thoughtful see holes in it. And that's unfortunate because, uh, because he his his metaphors come across like there's no cup there and and someone like me is like well something must be there because multiple people will agree that something's there yeah but, but he that- just he's like he's what he's saying without saying it is that it's not a cup though it's not your mental model of a cup well the thing is it it what when you keep when you keep walking forward with this when you start with you know the light as the issue you know Maybe I'm wrapping my head around it a little bit, but then touch becomes a different issue altogether. But then when you you take the next step, my conception of my physical body is also a conception. Mm-hmm. So now you're left with what is my consciousness in space and time? Mm-hmm. And if it's not even if space time is um, not part of an objective reality, what the hell is going on here? Because I'm per- I'm perceiving I'm perceiving things. Yeah. I mean, because we're talking about whether or not like I'm just saying like the the we start with the example of can you go grab the cup? But it's mm-hmm. I may not be grabbing the cup. I may not be moving towards the cup. Right. right. Like they, yeah. It, it's it, based like what- on his like once you once you det- once you put this this uh, unit in between objective reality and consciousness that unit can be doing anything to simplify reality and it, it could be anything at that point right. right i mean what what would be the constraint like mm-hmm. i mean so matrix yeah. blah 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 you know all that right. kind of stuff yeah simulation we live in a simulation or whatever and it's like right. it's like so here here's why it's uh i think here's why it's an important leap for a, for a science type person who does know the math is because if you change your base assumption, you're going to start looking in different places. So it's like, you know, the, you know, the old joke, it's like, you know, a, a woman sees a guy under the streetlight, you know, searching around in the ground. And she says, what are you doing? And he says, I'm looking for my car keys. I lost my car keys. And she's like, you dropped him over here. And he goes, no, I dropped him over in the alley, but the light's better here. <laughs> right. So like if everybody's looking in the wrong place, they're not going to find the keys. So his yeah. point is, if we take if we take a tacit base assumption and we flip it, we're going to start looking for the keys somewhere else. And the metaphor they use that I kind of like, but it might be because I'm a computer guy, is that is that if you want to find the secrets of the universe, right? Like that's your that's what spreads your toes, gets you out of bed in the morning, and and you're looking at something. 
you're looking at an icon on a desktop and you're trying to deconstruct it to find out how it works, you're never going to find it because it's not there. So like if you, if you, if you have a file on your desktop and it's represented by a blue icon that says like W on it for Microsoft Word and you like, and you just find this computer and you're like, how does that, how does, how does that icon work? I can click on it and move it around. And you start to get with a microscope, get closer and closer and closer and look at the individual pixels and how the pixels work. You're studying the completely wrong thing. It's not even there. It's nowhere near there. Right. And you'll never find the answer in it. So like, so like as I mean, this guy is like out there, he's got an answer for everything, which is interesting. And he does at least give lip service to grounding it in mathematics, which is to me is a giant leap, which I will continue to research. But the- well, that's and that's that's the thing, right? So, like, what's the the point of the the conversation, right? Because like, if it's it's interesting, it's fun. It, how detached from reality is this conversation, right? And 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 that's the key is like we have no we have no basis. We have every reason to be fearful that that he is credible based on. The potential for him to be credible is there because we've seen the we've seen over and over again uh, physicists describe a world that is completely counter to our intuitions. Yeah, quantum makes, physics makes no freaking sense. It makes right so like and and so and, and that math is driving this and and mm-hmm. the this you, math as a tool for exploration for those explorers that are handy with it like they are making legitimate progress so i'd like look to other folks that are handy with with the math to say like is this guy a crazy person or not because like this is um because if it is if it's if it's if i remember one thing from what the guy said he he was like there is a zero percent chance that the glass is there like zero that see that's the that's the problem but he the semantics of it is the glass he, he was later in that interview. He's like, I agree that something is there. I just don't agree that it's a glass. Fair, fair enough. Yeah, but it's, right. but to the point of like, uh, wanting, wanting to pursue truth, wanting to understand reality, wanting to understand the world that, that we're in. It's no small thing to just understand that the, the glass is a symbol, uh, a handy symbol yeah. for us to work with. Mm-hmm. And, I, you know, who knows what that leads to or anything like that. But if, if he's, um, truly credible and he's saying 0% chance mm-hmm. and Th- his, that we evolved in a way that we're truly seeing the thing that's sitting there. Yeah. Right. So, I mean, I think that's compelling because one, one, his argument, I think, is around fitness, uh, and one's fitness to pass on genes at a, population level yeah mm-hmm. and so it's about the amount of energy that it takes to engage with the world and be able to survive and so forth and yep. if he's saying that like because one one way you could do that is you could have an objective reality without this interface in between and just limit the scope of the sensory input to the point where the be the humans are, are able to cope and Coping, that has yes. happened, right? So we don't see radio waves, like you said. We don't see electricity or sense electricity like sharks do. So I don't know why it wouldn't be mathematically possible just to close the aperture, so to speak, um, without having this fancy 
you know, uh, matrix system that was, you know, basically masking a much more complex universe underneath. Like we are clearly like limited in what we sense. Right. Already. Yeah. I don't think anyone would argue that. But what did you mean by the closing the aperture piece? Well, I'm just, I just like, if the aperture is wide open, you're seeing every wavelength or He's you're, blind. you're He's sensing blinded. every wavelength or you're, you, you every, every, all, all inputs, you're open to all inputs mm-hmm. with the aperture fully open. Like every, um, every, everything that an ant, ant can sense, every drop of blood a shark can sense, you know, like it, you're, you're crazy, right? Like it yeah. has to be dialed down. Um, and we have dialed it down. Like you said, we have a very narrow band of light. We can't sense things uh, that aren't really in our immediate uh, vicinity mm-hmm. at all uh, yeah. that, we're, that we're aware of. And there's um, tons of things in our immediate vicinity that we can't sense whatsoever. Yeah. And that, we're, that we do have a processor that dials things down, right? So with focus, you can sense more things. And mm-hmm. – but – Generally speaking, your your senses only have so many. The aperture is very closed in terms of, you know, what inputs we have. Then we have a processing unit that dials things out already. So right. why is that insufficient to deal with the chaos? Uh, not the chaos, but the the brightness or whatever of mm-hmm. of what's behind you know these symbols that he thinks exist. Yeah, so it's like I mean, you, I could just think of so many examples. I mean, this is probably the exact opposite way to to uh, support the argument with my subjective experience is like the exact opposite way to support the argument because that's a belief-based argument. But it really resonates with me because I can, I, you know, I, I do this all the time. I'm like, I'm like, oh, you, we got new pillows. Erica's like, those have been there for a year. And like, I just saw them. I'm talking about like on the couch in the living room where I go every single day and I've never seen these. I've, I've, my, the light has probably reached my eyes, surely, but my brain just like, not important, you right, know, tuned it out. and just tuned it out. And the kids goof on me all the time. They're like, they're like, you don't remember they're my like, name? I'm, they're like, I'm Maggie. <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> so it, it happens constantly. I'm constantly, I, every, I think everyone does. You like, and, and the, the inverse is true. When you like buy, buy a, a blue Jetta, all of a sudden you see blue Jettas everywhere. It's like this... It's like this weird confirmation bias thing that's, that is, uh, I mean, optical illusions alone mm-hmm. should prove that you can't trust your senses for certain things or certainly that they're not giving you a, a mathematically accurate picture of whatever you're faced with. You know what I mean? Yeah, totally. Yeah. I mean, it's all relative. I, and I think all of that is, and I think that all, all of that is doesn't need uh his hypothesis all that happens without his hypothesis you know all of that is you know us evolving to the point where we can deal with the inputs mm, right no i agree right That's and what does he I've... and what does he have for what's what's what is does he say anything about you know what is what is he beginning to deduce about what's behind consciousness the is the base reality he says consciousness was first and the big bang was somebody rolling dice to entertain themselves. And, you know, it's like, and, and we're like, you know, you can imagine, and I've had this, I mean, it's kind of like, you see it echoed in certain religions and even like jokes that we made as kids where it was like, you know, you know, you're, you're 12 and you're playing Tempest and you're like, or, or like, like Mario, uh, Super Mario. 
and you're like, what do you think it's like in your diet? And I always thought like my tacit assumption is like, we just find ourselves in the locker room, be like, wow, that was a good one. That was a good game. And we'll go play again. Like we're in this arcade in the sky where we're bored and like we think the big bang and the reality and everything like that's just one game. Like somebody is some some average average super being is playing Mario Brothers and like the Mario character became self-aware. It's not even Mario becomes self-aware. It's it's if the, that happened the player review. <laughs> Really nasty pedo mustache. Right. Right. And it's a kid's game. Come on. So, so it's that person's consciousness, but you know, when you, when you're playing a game and you like forget yourself and you're just into the game and you're in the zone, like I see, again, this is just a belief. It's almost a religious level kind of belief for me where it's just like, that just makes sense to me that if you were a Supreme being, you'd be friggin' bored and you want to entertain yourself somehow. So let's have a big bang and like splinter my consciousness into a trillion billion pieces and see what happens. See where the, see where the chips fall and then like play it out. Just, just like distract myself with it's like, which I don't think. And I guess the, my, the, the reason why that doesn't make me feel like despair is because I don't, because I don't think the consciousness that's in the Mario is in the Mario. It's not in the pixels. It's in the player. The player has just forgotten themselves and is now racing a Mario Kart against, you know, Princess Peach. And so it's now me against Princess Peach. And then when someone loses, you go back to the arcade in the sky. And that's to me, that's as reasonable an explanation as anything. So I have I feel like I've been carrying two concepts of of death with me. One is the one that I'm really proud of. And it's the, it's, it's just lights out. It's all over. And that's the one that makes me feel that, that one bolsters, you know, the story that I tell myself about who I am. And mm-hmm. then, then there's the fact of this nagging heaven hell thing, which if I'm being totally honest is like lingering in this weird way. Now I've, I'm not trying to say that I ever think that there is a heaven and a hell. Mm-hmm. I, I, but I'm just saying that like for that got, so woven in that I don't know that I've fully escaped that this concept of like, well, what if you're wrong kind of a thing? But like, I don't think I'm wrong. Like all everything that I, every fiber of my being is like, this is a story we've told to come comfort ourselves after life. You know, it's all, of course, there's so much to support that it's a story we tell to, to comfort ourselves and it just lights out. But, and, but, but also increased cooperation in societies. Like we, that's we've, when we've talked about like morality, like what, what do you do? Where does ethics come from? It doesn't come from science. Like where's it going to come from? Well, it if, also, it, well, it comes, it, it, it could also come from, from experience of, of what works, you know, in a, in a social environment, uh, and especially at, at those sizes, you know, like, and I, I would also say the, the other, if you were going to, kind of pull out to you know what what has the that the morality of religion brought it's it's kept people under a boot for centuries so there's church and there's religion which i generally distinguish between fair enough but i'm just saying like like the 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 go blow yourself up you know for a better life later that there you go or Mm. um you know in in any in any environment any Mm -hmm. country i mean name a country for me where I mean, we're not students of the world. We're not students of every culture. But have you ever heard of a culture that was, uh, 
didn't ask its the majority of its citizens to suffer with less than the minority of citizens where the promise of a better life later wasn't part of the deal. You know, it's Wait, like is that oh no, it's a know, great yeah, it's a great way to increase compliance. Yeah. And and enforce behavior it's to to incentivize behaviors with the promise and, of something that you'll never have to to a check that will never be cashed. And and the other thing that I think is really weird about it, like the what you were saying about, you know, like a, you know, a board super being splitting his consciousness, which was, I thought, a really cool notion. Mm. Like, I, I really love that. Mm. But like, I don't see in that metaphor, like how we get so far. What's so strange to me is there's these predictable rules. Now, again, is it like this guy is saying, and if this is, this is a construct of of uh, the, this is a product of us and not reflective mm-hmm. of a larger uh, reality of the universe. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But it is bizarre. You have to. It is weird that in a, in a in a where spirituality, which by its very nature is something that would ultimately be solved by by laws, right? Because this what's the spiritual apart from either something that won't function according to laws. I, I, maybe I'm getting a little bit of, uh, awry here, but like, mm. this is the problem with materialism and spirituality. Like, material, not materialism in the sense of like capitalism and acquisition, but like that everything is material and mm. everything interacts according to a set of rules and it's dominoes mm. falling. Mm-hmm. Now, yes, inject chaos into that, inject quantum theory into that, where there are dice being thrown mm. that in- introduce some piece of randomness, but like, it's not magic, you know, it's not like there are ghosts, you know, like there, you know what I mean? Like it's material things functioning in a certain way versus spirituality, which is like this, uh, shorthand for like everything we can't explain. Yeah. Or like, or (laughs) Or, like there's would like to imagine. Yeah. And, and, and I'm not trying to, to trash spiritualism because I mean, whatever, like Mm. reason doesn't, isn't going to, I, you know, a world dr- driven by reason only is a world I don't want to live in. But like, right? Yeah, it's but, like immediate annihilation. Like that would be the quickest path. But Just, I guess it's like, how do you get to a, a point? You know, a conception of of um, of reality that squares up with the fact that all these rules are popping out. It's so bizarre. The th- I don't think they're okay, I, and I think he even says something like this. I don't think it's that there are no rules. I think it's that that the rules that we're perceiving are so comically simplistic that there are really important and interesting, uh, I don't want to call them loopholes, but, but kind of like that, where everything is so dramatically oversimplified in our experience and we place so much emphasis on that being it, that is reality, uh, that you miss some critically important like potentialities. So, well, and that so, would be like the next step that he could help us with is to start to articulate it. And I, again, I would assume it would only be through, you know, numbers and math, but I, I don't even, it seems to me that if he, if you can't identify what's behind these symbols, mm-hmm. I don't know what the point is. And if, mm-hmm. and if it's, completely beyond our understanding 
mm-hmm. unless we have tools that are outside of like I think people might argue that math is something that's outside of our cognitive processing that it exists you know it is some there's some kind of magic with math yeah. um, that is you know it, it did we discover it or did we invent it? Like that kind of a thing. Yeah. The, if I ever talk to this guy, that is exactly what I would ask. Because why is we, math special? Because again, if like if math ends up being uh, uh, another false, you know, a, a you know a, a straw dog Construct, like like right. gravity and time, mm-hmm. and it, we just use it to to get along, then we have no hope of understanding unless we have different uh, sensory inputs and we have a different processing. Yeah. Now, like if, math, you're, if you're gonna math has to stand, math would have to stand outside of of us for, for us agreed. to gain any understanding of what's behind. I the totally veil. agree. Yeah. So if you're going to come to me and say time's not real, but math is, right? It doesn't even make sense. Right. And so it is like, a lot of hand waving. You know, it is a lot of hand waving to say, yeah. tr- you know, trust me, I've got an algorithm. But see, here's what. But but to his credit, he says there is no theory that doesn't have hand waving. I just have different hand waving. Yeah, th- I th- I don't think that's that's. No, I'm I sorry, think that's, that's bullshit. No, that's bullshit. No, I'm gonna fight you on that one. Because here's the thing, science. You don't science, get to say that you don't understand the tools that you're using. For God's sakes. No, I don't think that's what he's saying. Like he's talking about looking in the alley instead of under the streetlight. So here's the thing, so, the scientific method I think is a has produced good results, and and is. It doesn't do everything. It doesn't. You no, morality will never. I don't imagine a morality would ever come out of it. Nothing and it's to never done. Perfect it <laughs> <laughs> with electroshock therapy. Come sit under the light. Uh, so okay. So if we, so you're like even to have this conversation, we're positing a lot of things that we both just have to agree with on initial as an as a premise. So if we agree that like the scientific method is is a net benefit for uh for humans or whatever the world then great but the scientific process doesn't do anything at all to tell you what question to ask what hypothesis to play to put forward agree that's test. belief that's belief right it's leap of faith there's a right. leap of faith like where you say a intuition says, scientist says what if yeah, space totally. time's not the concept and consciousness is the base reality what would happen if i looked over there and then they test it and they come up with a way to test it which is a flawed thing but the proof is in the pudding of that's the, the predictiveness that they right. can predict right so to me to me it's all bullshit until there's some predictive quality of it i agree and yeah. and i hunter i think it's a great point that i'd like to talk about more sometime i think this is this is something that gets lost uh, a lot in the, I think in the, maybe it doesn't, but I, I feel like it's worth pointing out that intuition is a huge, it, it's an integral part of science. Like you need intuition, you need irrational thought as a starting point for what you will want, what you want to test. But mm-hmm. then you need that rational rigor. You need that peer review. You need that totally reproducibility. Agree. You need all of that. And it's still not like lock solid because, you know, if, if, like you said, the, you know, the Uber creator, you know, decides to split his consciousness in a different way and the rules change, then, you know, you'll get a different result. But until then, we've, you know, it should work, you know, for a while. Yeah. Or just be useful. Right. So, yeah. Yeah. Be useful. 
100% agree with all of that. Like, you know, and another thing that he says a lot, which makes me like him, is that like current scientific truth in air quotes is just our best theories so far. Right. And then I, there will continually be better ones. But I don't until, think that's perfected. <laughs> but I don't think that's what he's he's asking. I think he's asking you for more than that. Like he's not asking you. Like when you were saying before, like we have to have some kind of a tacit agreement coming into it. I don't think that math is not that. Like, and I, I may be wrong, but like I'm having a tough time with him saying, you know, don't worry about it. I, I, I've got this. It'll, it'll prove out because mm-hmm. he, I think the thing that I'm, I'm willing to ride with him on is, Yes, I let's look and see if if everything around us is a symbol for reality. That's the intuition that you had. Mm-hmm. I'm willing to ride along with that. What I'm struggling with is your the model that you're putting together is is completely unintelligible to me. And mm-hmm. why should it be intelligible to me? I am who I am, and mm. I'm I'm not expert in this. So I'd expect at least other people in his peer group to be able to validate that his method makes some sense. Right now. And and it, so if your method doesn't make sense, maybe you're just cutting edge and that's fine too. And it gets to what you're saying, like proof in the pudding, because mm. uh, I, you know, maybe he's really breaking through on something. But you know what I mean? Like it's, I am, I am willing to ride with him on his initial intuition, but yeah. like, like math is like internal to us, or is it external to us? Like what is he saying? Right. I've never heard him. I mean, I'm not like a scholar of the guy, but I've listened to probably six hours of him talking and he's never, it's just always taken for granted that math is like the, the most, the closest to base reality. And it is like the the best source of truth, even though like Gödel's incompleteness theorem, everyone currently agrees that like, that's true. There's always some assumption, even in a mathematical system where there's some proposition that cannot be solved by what? Do, do you know what he hopes to be able to predict? So here, here's the thing. I mean, he's got some, he, he's a little bit of a, he's a little bit of a cheerleader. You know what I mean? He's like trying to popularize these ideas, but it, in the sense that, you know, like, like what's his face, the astrophysicist guy with the mustache. Um, uh, Flanders, Ned Flanders. Yes. Ned Flanders. Exactly. Uh, no, um, shoot. I don't know. He's got three names. Um, Brian, Doyle Murray. Murray, right. <laughs> <laughs> so that was weird. Anyway, the um, uh, my guess at his 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 you know taking time out of his schedule to go on like podcasts for hours and hours at a time. I don't think he's trying to convince idiots like you and me. I think no. what he's trying to do is popularize the idea so other scientists start looking in the dark alley instead of looking under the streetlight. So so that I I don't think he really cares. Well, who knows? I'm just, I'm just now just inserting my own ideas. I don't, I think he is much more interested in like, um, it sounds from what he says, like, he's like, there is so much potential to uncover here so much. Like he says shit like time travel could happen because time's not real. So there's no spoon. We can just be over there. Like, like we're all connected. Like we're like under the surface, you and me are physically part of the same thing in some way. Right. You know what I mean? And I've certainly eaten some food that has made me visualize these kinds of things and it's not like it's like huh that sounds kind of trippy and it feels kind of familiar too you know like like maybe the image processing center in my brain saw a little bit more reality for you know those six hours right and then went back to normal when you know you're you know you're writing the t to 
Brookline Liquor Mark being like, I think I'm losing my mind. I might be losing my mind. <laughs> Definitely um, losing my mind. Definitely three. If I just, I'm pretty sure if I just poop my pants right now, I won't have to pay for anything again because I can just <laughs> do what Daryl does. So <laughs> that's inside joke, right? So anyway, I, I don't think he's trying to convince the general public that there's, there's no tomato. I, I think he's trying to convince other scientists to start looking in the alley and help them and it probably attract talent and funding from people who are fascinated by stuff like this that, that would allow them to keep researching. So I think he's kind of on like a promotional tour for the idea and, and is, is just looking for support. Well, um, it's not like anybody's got the answers right now. I mean, there's just like the, the, Quantum mechanics is still not working uh, all the way through, and people are keep discovering these crazy aspects to reality that are totally counterintuitive. And everybody's you know in the race to understand reality, and maybe that's part of the reason why we can't square up. We <laughs> why uh, really smart people can't um, sort through quantum mechanics is is because like you said they're looking at the pixels in the trash can on the desktop instead of you know the programming behind it i don't know it's yeah pretty nuts he made yeah he made a dismissive comment about like he's like oh so they 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 their findings didn't map with the current our current physics so they added spin like there's a new thing a spin it's not a position it's a it's a th- it's a new thing they just invented and he was kind of like dismissive about they're just making up stuff and you, if you look back through the history of science as i have spent my entire life doing right. um you see these like you see these like sort of copernican revolution and relativity and uh, you just see these massive sea changes when someone's like oh wait a minute the universe right. doesn't revolve around the earth and now all of a sudden the math gets a lot easier and more useful in a predictive way and it's like and then einstein comes along and he's like oh i know why pluto has that weird or mercury has that weird orbit he's like right. my theory supports why mercury has that weird orbit yeah and and just like sitting around thinking hawking, about it you get a hawking predicting a predicting a black hole now, black holes like, must exist Right. right. And then and then they observe one. And don't let's not gloss over how how like black hole is so much in the culture now, but it is mind bending and makes no sense. Yeah. I think it's it was a Disney it, movie. It makes no sense. That Disney movie was awesome. Not as good as Saturday three though. Dude. Terrible. I've watched that within the last year. Seriously? It's a good rewatch. It holds up. I just up. want to see that dog press through the graded floor. <laughs> Like half of it, right? Half of it. Oh, Farrah like Fawcett was my is first so... painful crush. Yeah, that makes sense. Painful crush. Oh. Anyway, on that right? note, Shoot. a casket? No. Uh, uh... <laughs> <laughs> it's awesome. Sorry. Her hair was laid to rest this day. <laughs> they... I used to hide Wella Balson ads in my sock drawer. It's hot. Yeah. It's definitely hot. She was in Blade Runner. That's where I saw it. Not Blade Runner. Logan's Not Run you watched? Logan's Run. Yeah, yeah. What? Yeah, I've been, going, you, baby. I've been going through the catalog. The Pantheon. Yep. Cool. It's karate time for me. I got a blast. Dude, you're late again? I'm always late. It's my job. Fortunately, thought, there's no such thing as time. I thought that was time. my job. You seem more timely than me. Yeah. I don't know. We'll just, see. Just not for dinner or karate. <laughs> yeah. Cool. All right, man. Yep. Fun chat. See you next time. Later.